Holy God, speak to us, for we need to know and be known by you. Amen. Well, good morning, all saints. I want to begin by returning our attention back to the gospel. Jesus, in perhaps a rare moment of self-consciousness, asked his disciples, who do people say that I am? And his friends, being the compassionate people that they are, they only tell him the most flattering of things. They say that the people compare Jesus to being one of the famous prophets, Jeremiah, Elijah, maybe even John the Baptist. Conveniently, his friends leave out the naysayers, the people who have the kinds of nicknames for Jesus that are more insult than praise. You see, Jesus was living in a time before social media and before public comments sections under news articles. His reputation, who people said he was, was left up to the simple rumor mill, one that was passed from person to person to person. I think that those who witnessed firsthand Jesus's miracles, the feeding of the 5,000 plus, the restoring the sight to the blind, healing of lepers, Those folks, I imagine that when they were asked about Jesus, they probably had 5,000 plus different understandings of who he was. I'm sure that some of them called him a magician or worse, a charlatan, while others knew Jesus to be a doctor, a healer, a god. Because Jesus couldn't just post a picture of himself with his latest miracle so that his 500 closest Facebook friends could like him. He couldn't do that. So the only way that he could get a read on how people perceived him was to simply ask those who were closest to him, his friends, his disciples. And so after Jesus finds out from them the word on the street... Jesus turns around and he asks the more important question of his friends. Looking at them in their eyes, Jesus asks them, who do you say that I am? In other words, Jesus asks his friends, do y'all know me? Do y'all know me? When I was in graduate school at Emory, I moonlighted as a medic for an emergency response unit. I like to tell people that I became a priest, so I went from saving lives to saving souls. (laughs) During my time as serving as a medic, my partner and I responded to a call in the basement of a fraternity house at a local university. When we arrived on scene, presumably the only sober person in the building, led us down into the basement to find a young woman. She was there unconscious, laying very neatly on a fraternity house sofa. I immediately visually assessed the scene, looking for clues about what had happened to this young woman. And as my partner took her vital signs, I scribbled down her stats in my notebook. She was white, female, 
between 18 and 22 years old, small frame, less than 110 pounds. He pulled out a medical alert necklace from her shirt, and so now we have a name and a history of juvenile diabetes. I looked to the young man who brought us to her, and I asked him, do you know what happened? Do you know her? And he shook his head. As we were preparing to load her into the stretcher, I asked him, can you please find me somebody who knows her? And so we loaded her up into the back of the ambulance, and just as that bump happens when you load someone into the ambulance, she wakes up. And and so I do what I'm trained to do. I reach out, I put my hand on her arm, and I speak softly, and I say, hey, I say her name, and then I say, it's okay. You're going to the hospital, but you're okay. You're going to be all right. But that look of fear and panic in her eyes is one that I will always remember, no matter how many times I said, it's okay, you're okay, you're okay. She just could not calm down, and her blood pressure and heart rate just began to soar. And so as I climbed into the ambulance behind her, I made one last plea with the now gathered group of students on the lawn. I asked, does anyone know her? And just before my partner closed the doors to the back of the ambulance, there was a young woman running down the street in her pajamas, crying out, I know her, let me in. And so that woman climbed into the back of the ambulance. She went up to the head of the stretcher, grabbed her hand, and she says, I'm here and it's okay, you're okay. And I watched the monitors as my patient's heart rate and blood pressure went back into normal range. And she whispered out to her friend, thank you. My friends, we all have these moments in life where we just want to be known. Moments when we just need to know that the people who are standing near us actually know us. The, the real us, and not just our outward stats. We are more than race and gender, height and weight, more than just the glimpses of what can be seen on Facebook, social media platforms, or even gleaned from the rumor mill. And Jesus, in the fullness of his humanity, just like us, he just wanted to know if his friends, if at least they knew him. And so when Simon Peter responds, of course, I know exactly who you are. You're the Messiah, the son of the living God. I imagine that a huge smile broke out across Jesus's face. And we heard in the gospel today that Jesus says, ah, yes, Simon, son of Jonah. Interpret, I know you so well, I can call you by your full name. You're right. And then Jesus goes on to say, but Simon, you all only know me because God has revealed who I am to you. You see, my siblings in Christ, it is more than the shared meals and the scary trips across the Sea of Galilee that allow Peter and the disciples to see and know Jesus. They know Jesus because God gives them the gift of being able to fully know their friend. We learn in the gospel today that knowing someone, 
truly being able to, to know them is not something that we can do on our own power. The reality is, is that the rumor mill is too loud. The implicit biases that we all bring to the table concerning gender and race, weight, religion, and ability, all of those things combined with the fact that we only see small glimpses of the totality of each other's lives, all of those factors prohibit us from truly knowing a person. So when we truly know someone, when we are truly known by someone, my friends, that is a gift from God. To truly know someone and to be known by someone is a gift that comes to us from God. My friend Elaine shared a card with me recently that came from a person that she calls her soul friend. The card, in my eyes, was beautiful and sentimental, but for Elaine, it was perfect. And Elaine said to me, Kim, it doesn't make sense that this person is such a close friend of mine. I'm 40 years older than her. I'm white. She's black. We've never lived in the same place, and we only speak to each other on the phone once or twice a year. But Kim, I swear, that woman gets me. She knows me. My friends, I hope that you have someone or somebodies who just get you, someone who knows you, who can hear through your, oh, I'm doing just fine on the phone and know that really you're not fine at all. And if you do have someone like that in your life, I want you to realize that that is a gift that can only come from God. And so I invite you to give thanks to God for those people in your life and to let them know that they are a gift from God. You can text them even now. It's okay. I'm fine with it. (laughs) It's important. Tell people what a gift they are to you. And if you feel like you don't have someone in your life like that, then I want you to know I'm glad that you're here. I'm glad that you're here in this place and in this church, and I hope that you will take time during this service to, at your pew or at the rail to, to pray and ask God for the gift of being known and the gift of knowing others. And I also invite you to go and dig deeper here in this parish to sign up for four years groups or for Canuga. If there's some obstacles in the way, talk to us about it, and we can clear those for you. But dig deeper if you truly yearn for this gift of being known by someone and knowing someone. And finally, my friends in Christ, here's the good news. Even when our parents forsake us, when our siblings are no longer with us, when our friends die or disappear, even when no one around seems to know us anymore, the good news is that God knows each of us. God has known us. Before we were even placed in a person's womb, God knew us by our full names. Dear friends, the good news is that even if you feel like your bed has been made in hell, God is there 
God knows you, you, and God loves you. For that, let us say thanks be to God. Amen.